podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello everyone, hope you all had lovely Christmases. It's our final pod of the year, live on YouTube, as we intend to be from now on when we record. Normally, of course, it would be sort of a Monday night sort of thing, um, but at the moment, it's all messed up. It's, uh, well, it sounds like a day in a minute, but it's Thursday. Uh, our mums are watching on proudly, uh, plus those who have also played into us from Let's Talk FPL's last video or something like that. Hello. A continued theme of a downward spiral uh, in 2023 continues as we draw to a close. First half of the year for me was a triumph, as we'll speak about later. <laughs> but the second half, this season basically, has descended into the doldrums pretty quickly. And you find me probably the most upset I am with FPL as I ever get. So this could be testy. Seriously, Sam, who is doing points? Because I'm not. And it's getting increasingly frustrating. As frustrating as it gets, I'm being glib. You know, my life is amazing. It's been a lovely day with my family. It'll be it. I've been up to 6am with my daughter. So maybe that is also driving my discontent. But yes, anyway, back from my indoors, the belly full of cheese and cold cuts of meat. My pretend veganism will return in January. I'm Tom. I'm here with a beer. And I'm joined by Sam as usual. You all right? Good Christmas. Yeah, good Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I was joining you in brighter circumstances, but the Tottenham game and the Arsenal game are not quite going to plan. I think we're both on a bit of a, a questionable week, um, FPL-wise as well. So hopefully the holiday period has been good for you if you're tuning in today. Um, as always, we are Who Got The Assist. On today's pod, it'll be a bit shorter again um, whilst we're in the busy festive period. Um, another tactical chat rather than a full fat pod with the quick turnaround. A few things to cover off, like whether or not playing aggressively or continuing with caution when you're in a bit of a rut, which I think both of us can comfortably say we're in at the moment. Um, we'll be going through bold claims as always and questions from X. So thanks so much for any of you who sent them in on such short notice. Um, we are recording on Thursday, the 28th of December. It's half time in the Arsenal West Ham game. And as I am looking at my phone, I can see that Son Hyun Min has just assisted uh, for 4-1 <laughs> for Brighton against Spurs. Um, so, yeah, at least that's some points. Uh, but, yeah, that's time stamping it for the time being. And I'm sure other things will go on in the background whilst we're recording. Yeah, the second half. I mean, I think if... Um... I've got the blast from defence uh, if we go on to score some of the doors. So I think if if, if that had been still uh, no goal score for West Ham at this point, I'd be a lot happier. But, you know, as it is, it's, it's another disaster week, Sam. It's 27, um, didn't take a hit, um, just brought in Solanke um, for Archer as mooted last week. And I, I don't really regret it because I think I was always going to do it. Um, but nonetheless, Yes, a very, very poor week again, um, down from about 500k. Last week, I doubled my rank, and this week, I've kind of added an extra kind of 100, 200k to my rank, so down to about 730, 740k, something like that. And it's just not going anywhere. I, I don't really know exactly what's happening. I feel like I'm in a bit of a rut at the moment. I feel like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what it's been, whether it's just been a festive period and everything's just sort of passed me by for a couple of weeks while I've been looking after my daughter and focusing on other things. But uh, it's, it's just been a bit a really frustrating period where I've just not been able to conjure up those one or two players and um, that you really need at times like these to bring out the points for you. And we were reflect I was reflecting just before we kind of came on air that I've gone from 
one extreme to the other really with FPL over the course of 2023 because at the start of this year and kind of going into the kind of the end of last season I guess I was kind of <laughs> having trouble mustering enthusiasm for FPL for a good reason almost because I was doing well and uh, I think a lot of the pods with Lucy end up being quite sort of desultory because we were both kind of like well there's only one obvious picks we're both doing really well you just pick this guy <laughs> you know and um, you cover your rank um, and that kind of I guess lost its luster this year I think I've been kind of quite positive about the fact that it's been a really interesting sort of opportunity to challenge you know go, go against the grain etc etc um, but it's not quite hum- come home to roost for me this week because I've not been able and over the last few weeks because I've just not been able to manufacture the scores I've needed to to do uh, do well and it's just been a continuing sort of downturn effectively um Poros just got an assist Sam um as oh, uh, wow. reasons just said so that's good that's more points that's always nice um, this is yeah, going much better than the last time we let's, recorded let's, during let's, a let's Spurs just, game <laughs> let's just not watch the football from now on hopefully there'll be a Martinelli goal coming up next who knows <laughs> oh, let's not let's not be too hasty yeah, let, I mean, let's hang on, on hang on <laughs> But yeah, um, no, it's 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 been incredibly frustrating little little kind of period of time. So yes, I've got um, Saliba, White, and Martinelli still in play. Um, Poro and Son have both registered assists. Uh, the continuing tragedy of Burnt Leno. Uh, Sam and I both have the reverse Midas touch when it comes to goalkeepers. I'm sure you'll talk about it in just a second. But mm-hmm. another negative um, XGP for Mr. Leno this week. Um, Slanky came in, scored a penalty. Um, Darwin returned uh, within the first kind of five minutes and left a boatload of points at the table. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm yeah. Sure from him uh, Salah really never looked like scoring um and other than that a, a bit of a bit of a crap show all around really so yeah kind of I think what's that 33 now I suppose I'd be on with two assists yeah uh, yeah which again it's not going to ameliorate things that far but hey uh, we'll talk more about kind of the continuing frustration a little bit so I think this is one to either feel schadenfreude about and feel good <laughs> if you're doing well or hope or maybe commiserate with uh, if you're not doing uh, as well um, alongside alongside me I guess uh, Sam you went for the I guess riskier option this week and it has paid off for you because it's it's you said it's, it's a gray arrow really you're on at the moment <laughs> Yeah, so that grey arrow during this recording is probably just nudging into the green ever so slightly thanks to those two assists whilst we've been on air. So I think it will be something like a 20 or 30k green, which again, it's better than nothing. But considering how big the red was last week, I was really hoping to correct it a little bit more um, straight away. Um, but yeah, so the, the move I made last week was Trent in uh, for the in- injured Simicast. I was weighing up all week whether or, or, or I say all week, all, all of the two days, whether or not I'd go for a safer pick in Gabrielle and give myself that money in the bank so I could get straight to Haaland the following week or go for the upside pick in Trent. And I am already quite glad I did that. Obviously, Arsenal have conceded. Who knows, Gabrielle could score in the second half and balance that out a little bit. But it doesn't look that likely that Haaland's going to be fit for game week 20 now, given the news. So I took a bit of a risk. It, I feel like it's probably paying off, although it, it's a little bit too early to tell at this point. But yeah, eight points from Trent. Even with the yellow, he got three bonus, which is quite ridiculous when you think about it. And yeah, I, it's just nudging a green arrow now, I think. But again, nothing spectacular. Um, Darwin with the eight points, nothing across my midfield. And mm. Archer um, coming in for Palmer this week with an assist was actually quite 
uh, jammy, and I'm feeling quite fortunate about that, given the fact that everyone else seemed to have Solanke this week. Um, having Archer for just one point less felt quite quite like a get-out-of-jail-free card for me. Um, sure. In that comparison, I was quite scared of not owning Solanke that, this week. So, yeah, I think I, going into um, the live stream today, I was on 35, so I think if my calculations are correct, it will be 41 now um, with the two assists added. So is yeah, on free yeah, bonus a, as well, Sam. Pardon? Poro is up to free bonus as well. Is he? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, How so is that possible? Points. I don't know. He's on five points now, uh, which is sorry, two bonuses he's on. And two so, bonuses. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's unheard of, really. In a four, uh, after four, four, two defeat. <laughs> yeah, man. That is that is unreal. Um, but yeah, we'll keep track of that. But for the time being, um, small green for me, um, but nothing nothing to uh, write home about as as it stands. So we can probably move on to the main conversation at hand. Yeah, for sure. I think I just I just wonder really about this kind of continued frustration. I I know that there's obviously people who have pulled stuff like Slanky out and stuff like Huang this week, but I think mm -hmm. you phrased it really well about what happened this game week uh, in terms of kind of death by a thousand cuts because it hasn't been yeah. potentially one individual destroying ranks for players who don't really own like you've got uh, huang's own eo i saw the other day this is i think it's kind of near me obviously but i, I can't imagine it's gonna be too different depending on where you are overall kind of like 15 percent, 16 percent, something like that yeah about that. bowen around 30 trent around 30 i don't own trent obviously you do um alvarez around kind of 30 ish like all these little sort of players returning um has kind of i guess had the compound effect of creating quite a hard wall to climb over i guess to get that kind of elusive green arrow i mean yeah. do you think it is that kind of i guess our is it our teams are failing is it that kind of our te the kind of our the template overall is failing or is it just that i suppose another kind of theory could be that just because like captaincy fails have obviously been something that's been spoken about a little bit on x over the last kind of couple of weeks after what's gone on the last sort of captain that really paid off i mean game week 16 i think that was the week that mo salah was the vice um and came in with with the 16 pointer but i look back and it was kind of game week 15 when Holland scored um against spurs oh, sorry got two assists against spurs that was the last time that i i can really think of a captain actually returning properly for me um so i mean what, what do you think is going on here really um especially I, I know that you've you seem to have done a little bit better than me over, over the last kind of couple of weeks but like, what do you think has been going on yeah so captaincy is big i think that compounds what would otherwise be a fairly gray week for most of us in in a couple of the last few weeks uh, last week was a, like, a big big negative for me personally but I feel like that was maybe quite unique to <laughs> to me and you it seemed like there were a lot of big scores going around last week and we just weren't a part of it um, but yeah I think the death by a thousand cuts thing has started digging into me a little bit and there's a lot of 30-20% owned players and if all of them are hauling week in week out and all of my 50 to 60% owned players looking at the likes of Gordon Watkins as well um, is stuttering a little bit at the moment. Trippier, obviously not in great form, not in our teams, but is highly owned. So Newcastle assets not doing great. Um, there's been injuries. So we've been sort of all on the back foot, just making defensive transfers, trying to fix and, and patchwork our sides. And I think if I, if I'm circling back to why, we're all starting to 
feel this sort of negative impact in the last couple of weeks. I think it is the fact that injuries week in, week out have meant that some of the issues in our squads, or certainly in my squad, have been left to one side for a few too many weeks when otherwise I would have probably corrected them. So Gordon might have been corrected by now, yeah. for instance. Mm. Lascelles might have been corrected Actually. by now. Mm. So that those sort of things that aren't major, like I need to fix these now kind of issues because I've got tran transfers to use on the injuries means that a lot of out-of-form players are sort of stuck in my team for a few too many game weeks when there could be upside elsewhere. And I am I think I'm just hopefully starting to get back ahead of it from next game week on, if we're lucky and if we get out of tonight without any more injuries. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think positively, but the last couple of game weeks, probably last four or five game weeks, I think all of my transfers have been on injuries and it's meant that players that are arguably out of form or coming out of form have just stuck around in my team and I, I think that's probably something that a few of us can relate to at the moment no, that's an interesting point uh, so I suppose I've you know I, and I think I also correcting mistakes is another thing I suppose because yeah. we both had to correct goalkeeper errors we both yeah. had to draft Watkins back in um alongside removing players like Bumo um, and Sanchez, or I guess it's a goalkeeper thing. And yes, we, we're still left with a few more kind of little niggling issues to to get rid of. So I, I've still got Shimakas rotting away. You've got the cells rotting, rotting away. Yeah. Um, yeah we, we've also got, and we'll come on to it later, the <laughs> the looming spectre of having to move on Son and Salah. Um, so there's a lot to do and not that many transfers to do it with. Um, so, you know, you're going to start to look at, look at going into game weeks with hits as well. And that I've got... <laughs> players who i've uh, been complaining about a lot so you know likes of marcelli of course uh darwin um who was part of that watkins mistake and now we both appear to have bought a mistake as well in leno but i think he's just gonna have to stay now frankly because at least he's actually playing yeah <laughs> so I'm, no other keepers are getting points anyway so just leave it <laughs> it, it just feels like it's been a snowball to stay vaguely seasonal, seasonal, seasonal of, of, of errors effectively, or, or, or kind of just continuing to paper over the cracks as we kind of go along. And it has been frustrating, I think. Um, and if you have done well, it has been the case that you've had one or two players, I think, every week who have come through for you, like those mm. little sort of differentials. And I, I kind of wonder a little bit if that kind of lends itself to a different style of play a little bit. And I wonder as well if my rank's sort of tumbling. I'm, I'm obviously aware that there's those people who are worse off than me. I think after those kind of two assists, my rank is now kind of sat around kind of 690k as opposed to 730k. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I'm starting to wander a little bit back to, my mind's starting to wander a little bit back to how it's been over, how it was before last year. And what I always kind of told myself was that if things did start to kind of start going badly, I wish that I'd played more aggressively because I never yeah. really did that in the past. I, I always kind of did the sort of sensible moves, the meta moves effectively, uh, but I, I kind of always found that I didn't go anywhere. Yes. Okay. There were a few sort of issues surrounding how I did. So there were things like not picking the right captain a lot of the time because I've not been particularly great on captains and i think i'm quite keen to just kind of keep that fairly safe but at the end of the day um i, w I wonder whether there is sort of a, an element of aggression that could come into my play now to try to catch up a little bit especially if i'm stuck in a rut 
and I'm naturally kind of have a decent risk appetite. I just wonder whether that might be something that I do now, because I don't know, I think we've been talking about it a lot kind of the last couple of days. And my, my feeling is that, yes, okay, you can kind of get to an appreciably okay rank and kind of maybe kind of slowly and short, slowly but surely push yourself up um, if you do adopt a cautious play style and just kind of play things um, by the book, as it were. My only sort of reservation with that is that that kind of worked five years ago when you didn't have people from all walks of FPL engagement now kind of following the book and following that same sort of strategy. Like I've, I've remarked on it several times that like my at work, like loads of my colleagues who have no interest in FPL whatsoever are now doing ridiculously well. And um, they've had a couple of a few people have had a couple of strong seasons. Like one of the guys who sits near me, my probably my closest workmate, he's in the top 10k this year. Um, he's only started playing FPL seriously over the last couple of years. Um, fought, like kind of watches FPL focal um, and uh, watches. I think he listens to us, but we haven't helped him at all. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we, but, we that, cannot be the reason. <laughs> so you know, he's kind of following the paint by numbers. And the thing is that if you follow the paint by numbers too, I just wonder whether there's any sort of scope to really go anywhere. Like, yes, I, I know. That there's always kind of yes, let other people make mistakes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I do think that that you need to have those moments, like with the Matoma, of, the Matoma and Estepinian I had last year, early on, me having the double city defence, which really came through over the first sort of four to six weeks, which kind of ensconced me in a really sort of high rank. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking to myself, is there a possibility that i look at kind of going a bit more aggressive because it might also mean that i regain my sort of sense of fun especially if something does sort of come off for me because at the moment seasons of no man's land i'm not entirely sure exactly where it's going to end up and my, my kind of gut instinct is that if i just leave it and kind of not leave it but if i just keep kind of following the world trodden road i'm going to end up with an okay season but probably a season which is going to be below the top 100k that's my that's my instinct sam mm. Yeah, that's fair. And I think for, we have a, a, probably a, a different style of management when it comes to these sort of things. But I am inclined to agree with you that because there are a higher pool of engaged managers all making sensible decisions, if you're behind at this point in the season, at, su at some point, you've got to make a you've got to make a dart for it. Right. You've got to make a run. And I I do think it's probably still too early to just randomly chucking out punts every every week trying to figure out how I'm going to catch them because at the end of the day marginal gains still do exist and over another 19 game weeks you should be able to catch the pack pretty easily if you keep making the sensible plays that keep getting the most points every single week you should be able to catch them however I will asterisk that with saying that if you have a bigger pool of players then that are all making those decisions. You'll catch the majority, but obviously that pool of players that you won't catch will get bigger and bigger every single season. And like you say, it might mean that actually, even if you've had a, an inverted commas, good second half to the season, you might still end up outside the top 100K. So I think for me, it's about picking those moments, those battles where you can take the risk, where you think that maybe the crowd is overexposed on a player that you don't fancy quite as much as the the meta are fancying them 
and you think another 50-50 call, which is underexposed in the community, is a player that you actually back to out outperform the more popular template pick. Now, that's not going to be the case with every transfer you make. So I would always urge a little bit of caution. But we're going to reach game week 21 next week, where we've all got an opportunity for at least two or three game weeks to have a look at some midfield differentials. And there'll be an argument to say, well, you could go for Jarrah Bowen, who's obviously already returned tonight, is looking fantastic, and X one other. Or you can really mix it up. There's a whole pool of midfielders and maybe a two, three-week stretch where you can pick a midfielder that outscores the rest of the pack. That could be one of those moments in this season to help you climb ahead of some other people and maybe get on a player that rises in price gets a few returns and then becomes part of the meta, part of the template, just at the moment that you're thinking of getting rid of him. So, yeah, I think it's about picking your battles. Don't do it constantly, but keep your eye out for opportunities because at the ranks we're at at this point, I think there's still half a season left. It's definitely not panic mm. stations, but just no. always be open to those opportunities. West Ham just scored again, by the way. Yeah, I just saw in the corner of my eye. Yeah. Who, was, who got the assist? Who got the assist? JWP. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, oh, God. it's I, I know what you mean. I'm not suggesting throwing up mad punts, but I am suggesting no, making reasons um, educated gambles. I guess so. Not mad punts, but educated punts, basically, Sam. Yeah. Bold bold claims writ large into FPL. So an example potentially this week um, may well be if it's a split pin captaincy, for example. So you've mm. got um, potentially of Holland out of the picture. Um, you've got Newcastle um, looking pretty weak, so maybe Salah. You've got Son versus Bournemouth, albeit Spurs are probably not the most defensively sound team they're still kind of decent going forward or you've got Watkins home versus Burnley so maybe you could think oh okay well everyone's probably going to go on maybe one of Salah or some so maybe I go for option three in the Watkins captaincy yeah. that sort of thing or say I wanted to remove Martinelli uh, maybe I'd look at um, someone who's not Bowen who probably is kind of the, the premium the, the premier option to bring in maybe I'd look at I don't know, Foden instead. So I think I've speaking spoke I've mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah, could play in the 10 and be made a good point over voice note that yeah, it's, it's that's probably not going to last. But I mean those are little sorts of moves that you could possibly make. So I think part of my frustration perhaps is that my team has grown stale and it's grown stale sort of against my will because yeah. touching on what you said earlier on, we've just been firefighting for such a little while. And I've carried players like Martinelli. I think Ben White's going to have to stay now. But players like Martinelli, and I've kind of fallen into owning players like Darwin, that really, I, I don't really have much business actually owning. And I, sh I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to second guess and say I should have taken hits because I think I'd probably be worse off now than I was before. Like, you know, there's people who are kind of saying, oh, I wish I bought in uh, Alvarez, for example, a couple of weeks ago for Darwin. Well, I mean, he's not exactly set the world alight recently. It's his first goal since game week nine this week. And that was a yeah. very, very dodgy penalty. Um, and obviously there's interest now because Sheffield United next and Haaland potentially being out. But yeah, I, I think it's those sort of, trying to make the marginal game work for you within the context of things not being ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to be buying in my man Tavernier and captaining him, but I am saying, for example, look at caps option two or three, look at 
um, purchase option two or three and just trying to mix it up a bit a little uh, really and not go with untried untested players go with tried and tested players but maybe just try to kind of take slightly alternative paths to try to I guess be a bit more aggressive with it and I think there's nothing more aggressive this year than going against kind of the um the zeitgeist captain um so yeah I think maybe that could be something I'd look at this week um in adopting going with Watkins for example um who at home <laughs> so um, that's just this is not one of those little things that kind of made me kind of i don't know it has has crossed my mind as being a potential sort of way and um, that yeah don't throw the baby out of the bath water as we always say um but an, a, a way that you can i can kind of attack the current situation without hopefully bleeding too much in terms of the other side of it where if i kind of over overdid it um overlooked a massive play i, I know i don't know, you know saka for example but everyone doesn't you can't own everyone and um, but just taking that sort of just, just just going for something like that i mean does that kind of make a bit more sense it's kind of re, it's kind of more reason punting rather than punting for the hell of it yeah absolutely and when you were talking i think i think it reminded me of a really key fundamental of where we can get our advantage of and that is in the fact that if there is a big group of people all just consuming content and reacting based on the content where well, we can gain our advantage from actually watching the matches studying the data ourselves and trying to find little pockets little advantages where other people might have missed them because they're not being talked about on the content that they're they're tuning into so there's always opportunity it's just the fact that our advantage over the av the average FPL player needs to maybe be reconsidered, and we might need to find a new way to to break that template and and to find our edge. And looking through the data, watching the matches, trying to find something with the eye test that maybe other people haven't picked up on. That's one of the most fun things about enjoying FPL and enjoying football. So I think if you've got some time to watch the extended highlights or watch the matches live, that could be where you gain your edge. And yeah, I, I don't think anyone's saying um, it's just a random pun, a ra random chuck of a dart on the board and you'll just pick whatever player. It's an educated gamble. It's always going to be a guess based on what you've seen and what your what your research has kind of brought you to that conclusion for. So, yeah, I, there's no, no question about it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be just random, random throws of the dart. There are mm. logic there is logic applied to every decision you make. And it's just trying to find that slight 51 to 49% edge over the rest of the board. And it's not yeah, easy yeah. and it will backfire sometimes, but it's just making sure that over the long run, you're slightly ahead of the crowd. I, I suppose if you're an engaged manager, that's kind of the blessing and a curse. Like it's a blessing when things like, I guess like double planning for double game weeks way in advance. And I, I also kind of, being on the leading edge of spotting the latest trends and things like that and being able to do your own research etc cetera, etc cetera. and as you say watching things like this in the highlights to pick out some a player who looks threatening hasn't quite kind of um made the market in terms of returning and um, but it is, is it is kind of ticking all the right boxes those sort of things are good but it's kind of also a curse because it, it can it can mean that you it, it's difficult to step back and if you're not if you are in a rut like you can really feel like you're in a rut you know like obviously yeah. in context um i'm not a, a moaning buffoon hello honey monkey um but still i do think that um 
yeah, uh, being engaged is it can be quite difficult um, if you aren't doing particularly well because you kind of start to get into that phase. Um, and we've spoken about it a few times this season where you can kind of question everything that you do and not really kind of um, feel comfortable or in whatever in whatever decision you make. Like you kind of feel like every decision I make is going to go wrong. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of lose that sense of confidence, and you can get on bad runs. And um, it's kind of a, a trying a, about trying to shake that off, especially if you are kind of all over it and trying to look at it um as much as we do um i think that can that that's kind of where the difficulty lies for me i guess that i do think about fpl more than i probably should and that can kind of be i suppose a double-edged short sword of of why the frustration can deepen if things aren't going as you want them to um so yeah i mean getting out of it sam for you sounds like just a case of, of kind of weathering the storm whereas for me i'm going to be kind of i, I, I don't know how to ex- extend the sailing analogy because i've got no idea how to sail but i'd be kind of <laughs> racing ahead to try to beat the storm if that makes sense um, and i suppose it kind of comes down to managerial style a little bit like i'm interested in taking a potential gamble on the captaincy at least this week and um, mm. we'll come on to transfers and captains in a little bit um, but with transfers, it really depends on a lot of things. And we've got to talk about the Son and Salah kind of situation, which we will do in a second as well. I think a lot of that kind of onward planning will affect what I do next. But yeah, um, adopting something aggressive and slightly against the uh, the herd and trying to make the, the fact the herd is quite predictable works my advantage provided everything goes well on the day it's probably going to be where i will go but it sounds like for you it is a case as i said of just weathering it modeling through and just kind of hoping that next time the sun shines through and um, you'll be in a good position to capitalize yeah i think so it, it, it is still i'm i'm always open to making those calcul- calculated gambles but yeah i, th- I think the the way the path is set out for me at the moment, and we'll come into the teams and the transfers in a bit, but I feel like there are exciting routes I could take, but a lot of them would be sort of just taking them for the sake of it. And like, I'm a, I'm a planner. So I, I look ahead and I can see that a lot of the moves that I make now might actually put me on a step, a step back or two in a few game weeks time and might book in an extra transfer here or there. So I'm just hesitant to double down now knowing that it could actually leave me in an even worse position a few game weeks down the line when actually I'm actually quite close to the end of the storm to finish off your sailing analogy by the looks of it. So, or at least hopefully, as long as no other players get injured tonight, I can start actually making transfers based on moves I want to make rather than moves I need to make in the next couple of game weeks. So fingers crossed. Um, There's no telling, obviously, but I think hopefully I'll be able to weather, weather the storm and come out of it a little bit better in January. Um, but yeah, it's always crossing my fingers at the moment. Oh, Marcel has been hooked, Sam. He's got to go. Has I, he? I, I feel like I'm just, yeah, he's got to go. There's, there's wow, no, yeah, 64 there's, minutes. He's, he's just got to. There's, there's no, there's no, I should have done that weeks ago. So I think maybe that kind of has, has, has sorted out my transferring captain a little bit. Right. Uh, let's move on to bold claims because we've got a lot to cover in the questions um, and we're trying to keep this fairly short. Cool. Um, so the news in from this game week is that I think your bold claim has hit again um, because you did five plus goals, didn't you, in the Spurs Brighton? I did. I did. Yeah. Indeed. So uh, six much. goals in that. That's that's worked out very, was very well. Was nice. that 4-4? Four, because four? you gave me two points for the Luton game, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, I sort of half drunkenly <laughs> gave you two points, so we're going to stand by it. Um, I think I think that's fine. We'll go. We'll take it to four all, and then it's an exciting second half of the season coming up for bold claims. 
Um, mine did not hit again, um, although for a time it looked like it might with Everton going ahead against Man City. But uh, City did turn it around pretty comfortably in the end. So no, no bold claim for me last week. This week I am going against City again in a way, um, because despite them going up against Sheffield United, I am punting on Alvarez blanking against Sheffield United this game week. That's like a twin, that's like a, a one in five bowl claim hit rate, four out of nineteen each. That's a, that's pretty good. You yeah, know. it's not too bad. Like, they're bold claims, right? So twenty one percent of the time happen. it works every time. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. All right, and uh, no, I like yours. And mine is that Luton take points off Chelsea, um, just because you know I'm following a trend there. Really, um, I just fancy them given how Chelsea have been. Um, I did squeak over the line uh, versus Crystal Palace, but I don't know. I've, I've got I've got a good feeling about that one coming in again. Um, it being quite difficult for them at Kenilworth Road. Uh, yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think there's a lot, there's a, there'll be a lot of uh, it'll be it'll be quite physical joust stuff in that game. Um, it'll be quite an interesting one. I don't know TNT. I'm looking forward to watching the highlights. That's for sure. See how many yellow cards. I, I, no, I, I was considered it was between that and kind of five plus yellow cards in that game and i kind of wish i'd gone for that one now um mm. but hey there we go excellent right let's move on to the questions from x this week um thank you so much for getting them in i had to i pretty much put it on got in the car drove home and closed it straight away because i just had too much to do before this pod um but the first question is the Salah Sonondrum. Um, mm. Lots of questions on this. I'm going to pick out three um, just to highlight a few different dimensions you can look at this question. Um, one's from Don't Panic. Um, any thoughts on how we get them back later? Is it worth leaving one bench if there's lots of value tied up? Uh, Ross L, is it worth ditching one early to have the two transfers ready to bring Holland back in 21 in which? Um, and also, I, I had another one somewhere, but I've lost it. <laughs> so we'll go for those two for now. Um, so... Um, I think we spoke about leaving one on the bench last week, potentially. I think it kind of impacts me a bit more than you because I've got kind of a strong eight. Um, I wouldn't be minded to answer Don't Panic's question to keep them both throughout the course of their international hiatus. I think that it would be a case of a phased withdrawal um, sort of thing. Um, and I'd be likelier to sell Salah just because that money is probably going to be used to fund Holland now um mm. albeit I've still got Darwin and Martinelli to get rid of um <laughs> and, and I think that it would be the case that I if I had to bench one I'd bench Son at least for one week and then probably look at look to move him on when I could because I've still got Shimakas on my bench as well and it's very situational blah 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 usual sort of uh, caveats that you give to that uh Sam on, on don't panic's question uh what do you think yeah, so again, like you, Son is a player I'm very slightly considering holding on to and using the Salah funds to spread it a little bit and, and give myself a stronger 15, 14 to accommodate Son. But I think likelihood is I'll, I'll probably I'll probably be selling both and chasing the upside in midfield because there are a lot of midfielders I do like the look of at the moment. Um, although it is, it is a consideration because there is value tied up in them. Um, and it does make them dif difficult to get back to. So it won't it won't be easy. I've already mapped out a few game weeks in advance to see in in sort of cold run in dry runs how how would I get back to them? And the answer is not easily, especially in the case of Salah. The one thing that is potentially on our side there though is that if Egypt go as far as we think they might go, which is around 23 or 24, then he might only be back for one game week in 25 before Liverpool potentially blank 
in 26 anyway. And then there's a chance, I believe, that they could also blank a couple of weeks later in, is it 29 or 28? Yeah, yeah so, cup, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I think they need to get past Arsenal, isn't it, in the in the FA Cup to blank in one of those weeks. But I can't remember which, which way round it is. Uh, yeah, uh, you're asking yeah. the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a difficult fixture in there that they would need to win to potentially get to the FA Cup quarterfinals down the line and therefore blank it in one of those game weeks. So that basically there is a route which could mean that you might actually be able to go without Salah for a little bit longer if all the chips fall in our favour. However, it's not it's not going to be easy to go without him even if he does have one or two blanks after he's back. Um, and the way I'd probably have to look at doing it is by taking out one of my medium price, middle price midfielders, possibly striker um, and downgrading it. Um, so looking at the value in midfield, especially at the moment, players like Garnacho are starting to creep through the woodwork now. So you could possibly downgrade a Saka, for instance, and free up a little bit more money to upgrade another midfielder around game week 25. But short answer is um, there's not really an easy way of doing it. I'm kind of hoping that something will come up in the next couple of weeks, which makes it more obvious. Um, and we've always got a wild card in our back pocket to use probably around that sort of period of fixtures anyway. So worst case scenario, we can hit the wild card and bring them back in anyway. And is it worth uh, to answer Ross's question, ditching one early to have two free chances ready to bring Holland back in 21? Mm. Um, that's always the kind of, do you play what's in front of you? And um, the, the noises coming out of Pep have, are not particularly encouraging. Um, but no. I do find it difficult to really look at, read the tea leaves about something that's going to happen in two weeks' time uh, for that Newcastle game, where I'm assuming you're gonna, they're going to want to do everything they can to get all them back, right? Yeah, you'd think for the Newcastle game, they'll they'll try their best to have him. It's just whether or not you're that desperate to have him in your FPL team for game week 21. Um, I mean, Newcastle haven't been fantastic recently, but... At home, they're a much better side than they are away from home at the moment. They'll have had a break as well, importantly. So they'll hopefully be back to relatively their strongest 11 and will have had a bit of rest, which they very desperately need, it seems, at the moment. So maybe they'll be a more difficult team to break down in that game. Although, obviously, all things willing, you would want Haaland in that game. It's just whether or not you want to tear apart your team to do it. I think in... In regards to Ross's question on whether to get rid of one of them a week early, I would say, given what we know about both of their fixtures as it stands and the form that Newcastle are in, especially considering Salah being a potential captaincy option this game week, I was initially looking at selling Salah to get Haaland in in game week 20, but without any sort of confirmation on Haaland's fitness, number one, and number two, seeing Newcastle um, performing, especially away from home recently, I'd quite like to keep hold of Salah for that game. And there's no way I'm selling Son uh, a week early. So I think the simple answer probably is I'm going to hold on to both of them in game week 20 and sort it in 21. Um, but there, there is an argument to get rid of Salah potentially a week early if you we're trying to avoid a hit the following week for Haaland, but I personally wouldn't wouldn't be going for it. Yeah, so it's a very uh, <coughs> choose your own adventure element about 
what you do uh, with that current scenario. Um, we've also got a bit of a weird one in Game Week 21 because that's the split week. Um, yeah. So that that could also maybe influence decisions because by my reckoning, Haaland's captain against Newcastle, that's going to be one we're going to have news pre-deadline. Um, and then the other kind of captaincy picks like Salah, uh, no, not Salah, it wouldn't be Salah then. It would be someone else. Uh, if you're backing a Liverpool player versus Bournemouth, maybe we're backing Bowen against Sheffield United or an Arsenal player against Crystal Palace. Those games are all happening the next week. Um, so there's time in there, um, which may be a bit kind of confusing. So potentially, uh, potentially that you kind of buy Holland for the insurance that week, um, which may sort yeah. of impact your planning um, going forward. So maybe there is some logic to what Ross is saying there um, would be kind of what I'd be thinking. Um, but I'm, I'm with you broadly that I probably will be looking to sort that out <laughs> um, in the future um, and just kind of playing what's in front of me, I think. Um, I mean, have you have you given any have you given much thought to this? I know you probably have like, in terms of what you're exactly planning to do um over the next few. Um I think for me it probably is that kind of phase withdrawal that I've mentioned. So probably gonna end up with a few weeks of having Son, or at least at least one week of having Son and Shimikas on my bench. And it may well be that Shimikas gets replaced before Son. Um <laughs> it just depends on kind of what, what's going on at that time. Because Holland's gonna have to come in, probably gonna have to by a Saka or, or, and or a Bowen in um, over that period, although Arsenal attack aren't exactly filling me with any sort of sense of urgency at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it probably will be a phase withdrawal, especially if I do make a move this week. And as I said earlier, I really need to get rid of Arsenal. I really do. Just, just emotionally need to just uncouple myself from that individual. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, a phase withdrawal for me is definitely most likely at the moment. Salah being the first one to definitely go in 21. Um, Son might be in 21 as well, but more likely 22. I think if anything else came up and I had to keep him on my bench after um, 422 as well, then I'd actually consider just holding on to him regardless because it's only another two game weeks at most that I'd be missing out. So I could potentially look at holding him just just throughout um but yeah for me it's probably this week i i do have a move i could or several moves i could make but it would lock me into a hit for next week um we'll go on to the the different avenues in, in just a moment's time but for now i think doing nothing this week making a double swap to get rid of darwin for harland and and probably sorting out salah as well without taking the hit will be a little bit of an upside, an advantage for me over the crowd who hopefully will have to take a hit to sort out one or two issues. No, cool. Certainly makes sense. Um, a knock-on from this is from uh, Nathan Jacob Nate Jacobson, who says, if Trent is a must-have for all the spare... Is Trent a must-have for all the spare cash floating about? Um, and I, I, sp I suppose you've kind of gone there already. That you kind of spoke for a little bit spoke for a little bit on the last pod um, obviously it was near Christmas so I forgive anyone who didn't listen to that what was the reasoning in the end for bringing Trent in? Yeah so I mean I'd be lying if if I said there wasn't just a little bit of gamble there just because it was Christmas and I and I thought well I'll treat myself because I love Trent but the the logic being that obviously Harlem we didn't get 
completely solid news on. I didn't know how long he'd be out for. And obviously with a tight turnaround between Everton and Sheffield United, if he wasn't going to make Everton, there was always going to be a chance that he wasn't going to make Sheffield United. Um, and I had sort of come to terms with the idea of if I needed to get Haaland back in and I was certain I wanted to captain him, I would have been comfortable enough taking a hit to do so. It doesn't look like that's going to be a problem. So bringing in Trent, it does mean that the funds aren't readily available, but I knew that I'd only have to survive one game week before I could free up the funds by getting rid of Salah anyway. And I just think with Trent, yeah, yes, Liverpool aren't quite as good a defence statistically as Arsenal, but they're still up there as one of the best. He is the top bonus point scorer out of all players in FPL this season. And despite getting a yellow card, also got maximum bonus this game week. He looks like the key creator in at Liverpool at the moment. And when Salah does go, I think that that will almost take another mini step up. So I, I just, I, I love having him in my team already. I think it's going to be hopefully a key little advantage to me over some of the crowd. Because I think he's around 35, 34% EO going into this game week. That will rise and rise and rise. But I, I've hopefully gotten ahead of the crowd a little bit there. Um, mm. But yeah, I... I think over the next three or four game weeks, it's a long enough stretch where we won't need all of those premiums, uh, Son, Salah and Haaland all at once. means that I can probably distribute the funds and, and chase the upside there. And I think the points difference he'll have over most of the other defenders, given it's quite a scarce scarce pack of defenders to pick from at the moment that I'm, I'm feeling quite confident that it's going to hopefully pay off even if I need to take a hit at the end of it to get back to that that three premium structure or two premium plus some structure yeah certainly I think it made a lot of sense really when we spoke about it on in the morning before the deadline yeah um, and I think yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a good move and I kind of wish that i had gone there a little bit, I suppose, because for all the reasons that you cited, effectively, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, reach all over the ground that you've already sp- uh, uh, treaded on. Um, I, I do think with all the money floating around, we are going to have a unique situation, I suppose, as me and uh, me, you and FPL General recounted uh, thought about um, a couple of weeks ago. My feeling is that many will hold the money for Holland, or at least have a route back to Holland, which is okay. But I don't think that's going to be. Like as difficult, really. Um, yes, if you go for Trent plus Trippier plus X plus Y, um, but I mean, you've got Trent and you've got Holland, uh, sorry, and you've got Salah and Son at the moment. If you remove one of them for and then yeah. replace them with Holland, you've still got the other one's money floating around. And then, as you said earlier on, if you do want to kind of reconstitute where you were before, you've got the wild card in your back pocket. So I don't know, it's one of those where I think it, you look at it and you kind of do feel a bit worried about how am I going to make this all sort of work again in the future. But uh, what's to say what the template's going to be in three or four weeks or at least who the, the, the it players are or how we're going to be kind of navigating the new problems that FPL is going to throw up. So it's one of those that um I think if you if you can get Trent or you have got Trent then fair play. Um if you haven't got Trent then he should be definitely one that you'd be thinking about. Um but definitely keep an eye on the fact that um you know, it's not going to be forever that you were going you're going to have um the haul of money uh, to spend. Nonetheless, 
yes, um, you might be able to get away with it for quite a while. Um, may, might take a hit or two, uh, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm not too worried about doing that. <laughs> I know that you're a bit more worried than I am about doing that, um, but I wouldn't be too worried about that at all. Uh, next question: uh, FL Cosmos going to buy a goalie. Which one do I buy? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how to answer that one. To be honest, now I've I've given up on goalkeepers. Pick one and stick with it. <laughs> it's kind of just just what I'd say. As long as they're playing, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I really can't pick one out because I think if I pick one out this week, pick one out, it'll be, I pick out a different one next week's bonus. So I'm, I'm, I'm I don't think that we're going to spend time on that one. Sorry, Cosmos. Hopefully, you can find one that, that works for you. And um, Jimmy the Claret has the Slanky ship sailed. And um, I did, I did see this kind of line of reasoning cropping up on on X Sam um, over the course of the last week. Um, that you know, Solanke, yes, okay, he's he's kind of scored his hat trick, um, and scored against uh, scored against United two weeks ago, and obviously in the in the in the week that they missed the game um, against Luton, well, missed, but they get the game got uh, postponed against Luton for obviously sad reasons. He scored in that as well. There is that kind of feeling that oh, you know, well, let's move on to the next guy now. Um, those points have already sort of happened. Spurs, Liverpool, West Ham next. Um, and a kind of an okay couple, uh, Nottingham Forest and Fulham, and the Newcastle Man City before 27 to 32, another good run of fixtures. So you could kind of think, well, okay, I'm going to leave it till game week 27. That said, though, Slanky is fourth overall for, for XG, um, and he is in sixth uh, for non pen XGI uh, this season. So a good asset. Uh, good asset um, and uh, I think I think it's probably one of those things where you're, you're always looking for players I suppose that just just poo points <laughs> and then Slanky is one of those players who does seem to be doing that especially in a, in a period where we're looking at um, less players able to do that um, I was thinking of a, of a nicer way to embellish that but I think I'm going to go for the basic look there um, what mm. do you think Sam has there's a Slanky ship sailed no, I'm quite bullish. I, I don't think it has at all. I think there's plenty of time and Tottenham's next up. We've just seen them concede four. They're without both of their centre-backs at the moment. I, I think it's absolutely fine to go full steam ahead on Solanke at the moment. Um, I'm considering it as an option. I think the only reason I'm not more bullish is because I've got one striker which is going to become Haaland very, very soon. So any Solanke move would be a one-week punt if I was moving away from Darwin. And then the other one's Watkins. And despite only one return in the last five, I'm still pretty bullish on Watkins as well. I still think he'll be fine. So my only other route is to switch up to a 3-4-3. And that makes other moves more difficult over the next few weeks as well. And it means that I'm spending an extra two and a half million in my attack when eventually I need to get it back to midfield as well. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm, he's a player that I am very, very scared of week in, week out at the moment. I think he'll keep returning. I think he's in fantastic form. Bournemouth look brilliant. I think they'll score goals against Tottenham. I wouldn't be worried about the Liverpool game in particular. And then, like you say, after that, the fixtures are fine. And generally speaking, with a talismanic striker like that, who's on penalties as well, and the data's good, and Bournemouth are creating chances almost solely for him at this point... I would never be worried about any fixture. He's definitely playable in every single game week this season, even Man City away from home. I wouldn't be scared of playing him. So, yeah, I mean, Solanke, very, very happy with him. It's just I probably have not got the right structure myself to get to him, which fills me with quite a lot of dread. Hmm. 
So over two in five of Bournemouth goals this season, so forty four percent have been scored by Solanke. Yeah, uh, twelve goals for Bournemouth have scored tw- uh, twenty seven. Um, I think that yes, it's, it comes back to husband theory with a player like Solanke uh, at the price. It, you probably just go for that and build your team around the talisman, and maybe that's something that I need to think about a little bit as well. Um, so you know, thinking about a Marseille replacement, yeah, okay, I could go and go for a phone. Something like that, shoot for the moon. But probably the likeliest thing I should probably do is buy a talisman. And that is very likely to be, oh, hello, Jared Bowen against Brighton with Dunk suspended. You know, I think, I think that's kind of a way that you kind of look at it. And you know, with Solanke, I think he falls into that same category of a player. It's just shit's points. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what you're going to be looking for. And you'll be looking for those talisman in FPL. You definitely do it in draft, definitely do it in Sky, and you should definitely do it in FPL. I think that maybe that's kind of where you go with Solanke. If any plans whatsoever to bring in Solanke, Sam? There's an, a, a very outside route for me to get to Slanky, like I said, but it would it would have to be, well, one of two things. We'd have to get news that Haaland's out for a while or and therefore I can sell Darwin to Solanke um, without worrying about booking in an extra transfer or I'd have to move to a 3-4-3 because I'm, I'm definitely not getting rid of Watkins at the moment. Um, I still think he's, he's good for points and he's got some great fixtures to come. So, yeah, I... The three four three is tempting, but it sends me down a bit of a path because I've already spent a bit of money in the back line on Trent, where you you haven't at the moment. It means that it locks me in a little bit, and it means yeah, that if I definitely. then did a double switch next week to bring in Haaland for Darwin, I couldn't get to Bowen, for example, from Salah. I'd have to go for someone bargain basement, um, maybe like a Garnacho, for instance, to make that all work, which isn't. It isn't crazy and it's not out of the realms of possibility. And it's it's not like I'm I'm just throwing that option to one side because I am tempted by Solanke. I just think that it's probably like a, a two to three percent chance I, I take that sort of route at the moment because it'll be a serious path away from where, where I'm currently heading towards. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know if that's really the right move for my team and it probably locks me into a hit next week as well. So yeah. yeah. Sadly, I think I'm going to have to go without him at the moment. Oh, there's going to be so many hits flying around over the next few weeks. There will um, be. I, yeah. think that, I think that's fun, though. That's, that's, that's always kind of, I guess, makes it more interesting when teams are in a state of transition and you're trying to, I guess, predict where out. to go next, especially as teams start to grow stale, as mine definitely has, and I suppose a lot of teams out there are. The uh, final question is... Uh, agglomeration of many different questions uh, because the midfield market transfer nightmares are everywhere the third question i meant to answer i asked earlier about the salah and son nondrum is from little jason who also said he had son and salah also has kudos and three yellow flag defenders how do i begin to solve this mess um kieran fpl discomfort asks would you prefer odegaard or foden if you were looking at a move in midfield this week um, and you can link these other transfer-related questions in the midfield. Uh, FPL Stoop, um, how would you rank Jota, Foden, Gonacho, and Richarlison as potential transfers in? And FPL Psychologist, um, if one is to sell Saka, um, who do you replace him with? So, I mean, I think we should try to answer these just by talking about the likely lads in midfield. I think we've probably maybe come back to this next week, Sam, for the full fat pod. Um, yeah. but, but here, I think, kind of just let's kind of start to set the groundwork there. Um, so Salah and Son comfortably the highest scorers in midfield. 
going to be out of the game fairly soon and naturally your eye because that's kind of what everyone else is going to do looks to kind of who's third in the rankings and that's going to be Bowen I think you're going to see that ownership rocket you really are um, and I think that um, with Bryce up next I mentioned earlier um, with no dunk I think he's going to be probably a prime transfer for anybody who's bored with a midfield asset they don't want anymore um, but beyond that yes you are into kind of the funky punty territory um, Kieran saying Odegaard and Foden we mentioned Odegaard when uh, Mark was on um, and FPL Stoop looking at like Jota Garnacho, um, who you mentioned um, on Twitter earlier on and Richarlison who's kind of been in and around the sort of template and Foden to who I've mentioned um, as, as a kind of a bit of a sneaky pick if you are kind of holding fast to the idea that he's going to be playing in that 10 role and um, there is a Newcastle game in game 21 where they are going to be a bit, bit more rested but that game is sandwiched by really good home games against Sheffield United and Burnley so loads and loads of stuff potentially uh, for you to be looking at there I mean where, where are you with all of these sorts of uh, players um, who are going to be replacing Salah and Son? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it, to quote you, it's a choose-your-own-adventure at this point, isn't it? I, I am tempted by Foden, but like I was saying to you offline, I think there's a chance that we don't yet know where he's going to land on the pitch. He will get good minutes, but we don't exactly know what role that will be with Haaland probably coming back fairly soon, with Alvarez probably moving position, KDB not too far off. It, it makes his role in the side... Not questionable in, in the sense that he won't start the game, but where is he going to fit in? And that that does worry me a little bit. And even, even just looking at the data across the season, I don't. it's not fantastic. It's 0.42, I think, XGI per 90, or, or at least it is on the FPL site, um, which isn't bad, but it's not, it's not blowing me away. Erdegaard's, I do like the look of. Um, a bit more expensive, obviously, which brings with it its own issues. Um, the other two or the other three that were mentioned there, um, uh, Jota, I really do like the look of. But again, I think I'd have to wait a week or two just to prove that he's fit enough to start. I think once Salah goes, he is likely to get very, very good minutes. And if I'm confident that he's getting 70, 80 minutes a match and not coming off the bench in any of those, then he's probably my favourite of the bunch. But that's a big asterisk because we just don't know that at the moment. Garnacho is, again, your bargain basement option, um, but I would put him below most of these guys if they were all the same price. Richarlison, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking to General, um, it was very, very high in mind. Him getting taken off early week in, week out due to a little bit of what sounds like a back knock um, at the moment. So, again, question marks over that fitness. Again, by the time we get to 21, it might not be an issue anymore. So it's worth monitoring that. That might be fine by the time we get to it. But if that sort of issue persists into game week 21, then 60 minutes a match of Richarlison probably isn't enough, especially when they've lost a lot of other players at the moment. And Son obviously won't be there. One of their literal best players won't be there to help him put the ball in the net. So, yeah, I think... Out of all of them, Jota and Erdegaard are probably the most tempting too, with Jota being probably to one side if we know that he's going to get good minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's probably about right for me as well. Um, I think 
I think you have to be looking at you. you I don't know. I think probably my I'll be going for Bowen next. And um, mm. I do I do like the look of a few of these sort of puntier sort of players around the block. Does that makes if, if that makes sense? Like I do like the idea of having that kind of one player who is going to make a difference for you, who is going to going to be low owned. So if you are kind of sat on um, a sacker already, you've got your Arsenal defender. Um, if you do go for Odegaard, because our fixtures are still really good. Fulham next, yeah. Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest next, free. Um, we've just conceded the penalty, by the way. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's gonna. Oh, God, that's not great, is it? Um, but yes, I, I don't know. Um, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of, a lot of really interesting players taking the field. And we haven't even mentioned Brighton, um, whose fixtures True. up until game week 28 are just ridiculously good. But trying to find exactly who that's going to be is almost impossible like pascal gross um probably is the one who comes to the fore as being kind of the 90 minute man of them all um but if he's got no one else of, of well i don't know because you they've just scored a resounding victory uh, bonanotte um is also kind of in the mix and if you are looking for a forward i think joe pedro probably is to the fore now is going to be now for the minutes um hauled bigly tonight with those two penalties and also the assist um yeah, there's, there's lots of players who are going to be in and about the meta. Um, if I was going to rank for Stoop those four players, I think I would be looking at Foden first just for this week because these are all punty mm-hmm. picks. Then Richarlison is a slightly longer one, but one you can get a bit later on. And then Garnacho and Jota are probably where I go with that. Um, Selin Sakasam, um, as, as uh, FPL psychologist has said, He's not going to be a player that you're looking to sell, is he? I mean, he's a player that if, I guess is firmly in the don't buy, don't sell camp right now. But the fixtures remain good. And it's one that you're probably not going to be, I suppose, looking to get rid of because you've got other fish to fry, as I think we all have right now. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're in a position where you've got the transfers to sell Saka, then fair play. I don't know how you've managed to work out a side that has only that as your biggest issue at the moment. But yeah, I mean, he is frustrating at the moment in terms of output, but the data on the whole has been pretty good. Obviously hit the post tonight as well. But, you know, we all have pretty short fuses at the moment when it comes to actual outcomes and actual returns in FPL. We want we want the points on the board, right? So I do understand the instinct to want to get rid of players that aren't doing the points. But I think based on the data, based on the quality of the player and based on the quality of the team, he should come good at some point. It's not looking fantastic at the moment, but I, I still back him to do all right. And considering the amount of other things I need to do in my side and I'm sure in a lot of other sides that are of managers that are listening in today he would be a very low priority sell although in a perfect world I I could understand it um, but I think there are just simply so many other problems that are much much bigger at the moment so the Arsenal match just finished at the last mm. minute um, right Raya saved a penalty from uh, Ben Rama yeah um, but Ariola's come out with a 10-pointer of course he has. So uh, away yeah, Arsenal. Uh, it's amazing. You know, again, the, the the curse of the keeper continues. But <laughs> we've just got other things to deal with at the moment, um, mm. and I don't think on either of our parts there's a consideration to play a wild card early. Um, at the moment, I think if I was kind of you're you're really looking at kind of being in the in the millions, you know, two million or so. Um, I'd say to be looking at that. Um, right now, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been—it's just been a joke. It really has. 
let's move on to transfers and captains and uh, finish this one off uh, for this year. Um, what are we going to do here? I actually know, Sam, there was one more question, actually. Um, oh, God. It, it was um, for this year, uh, 2013. Uh, sorry, 2013? I wish it was 2013. 10 years back. Wow. 2023. Um, FPL store, Russell. Um, hi, Russell. Says, as it's the end of the year pod, what game What, what game of 2023 was your most memorable? Uh, Hall to referential captain that came in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so are we counting 2023 as a calendar year? rather As than a calendar season? year. Perfect. So. Uh, captaining Wilson for the double game week rather than going with the crowd with Isaac, with Isaac rather, um, absolutely catapulted me up the ranks, um, really made a massive difference on my season. Um, so, yeah, def- definitely captaining Wilson in that double game week Newcastle had. I think it was around game week 32, 33 last mm-hmm. season, um, but very much in 2023. So I'm going with that. I mean, I think it's in it's in February last year, but this year, sorry, but the the Mato- when when Matoma was assisted by Stepinian, they're both owned by less than five percent. That was like the nice. moment. Yeah, that was, that was great, and that kind of just basically meant that I was like pretty much guaranteed the top twenty k finish. I think I went up to four k or something with that. Um, shut the bed a little bit and end up kind of seventeen k or whatever it was, but that kind of guaranteed me that kind of really high finish because there was there were points that no one else was going to get and it was quite a, quite a big sort of steal there with the season it was so yeah mm. that's kind of the mo- those those moments you live for and the moments you hope to get um transfers and captions this week um Marcelli has to go I've had enough um I know that you're going to be rolling <laughs> blah 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 I'm going to get rid of him um and I'm sure he's going to score and I'm sure you know the chance that he missed today um when pretty any other season he's picks it out and puts it in top corner, blazed it wide. I'm sure he's going to score against Fulham, 100%. I don't care. Getting rid of him, emotional break. Um, probably can get Bowen in. I know it's not a particularly sexy transfer, but I think it's just one that um, probably makes a lot of sense with Brighton up next. Um, and um, I think that kind of, I'll leave it there. I'll have double arsenal defence against Fulham. So, you know, Raul Jimenez comes back, reinvigorates their defence. They score three or four. Um, Darwin does then stay another week. Um, but I'm going to keep in the keep into three for free um, for me for the time being. And that means that Gordon um, stays on the bench um, mm-hmm. against against Liverpool away. Uh, I, I think I heard on Planet FPL that, that Newcastle have not won a home this away this season apart from against Sheffield United. So, I given how they've been recently uh, with back quite heavily a a, a a Newcastle loss against Liverpool. Uh, Captaincy-wise, uh, safe pick has gone Salah. I'm, I'm kind of quite minded to do that. Um, I think that Son might, is the one that's coming on top of algorithms. I think people who aren't really kind of thinking about it too much will shove it on him against Bournemouth. Um, I'm between um, Salah and Watkins. And uh, I've got a sneaky feeling I might put it on Watkins and kind of start to pursue this aggressive strategy. Uh, now we're in the second half of the season, um, but I'm not entirely sure yet. Uh, we will see kind of where I end up uh, tomorrow. And um, yeah, that's probably where it's going to be. I'm not going to make a transfer tonight, I don't think, just because I'm uh, too annoyed at this whole fancy football malarkey. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where I'm. It seems looking all right. Again, it always looks all right. Um, but I think removing Martinelli is just something I've got to do. What about you? Yep, that makes sense. Uh, here's my team, 3-5-2 as w- at the moment. So rather than your 3-4-3, three, three, um, starting Gordon away at Liverpool as it stands is one of the key differences there. Obviously, don't have Solanke. Um, do have Trent, though, in the back line against Newcastle at home. So quite fancy that. 
the the captaincy is on son at the moment but i've given it absolutely no thought whatsoever that was more just an auto pick when the game loaded it could very easily end up being any one of saka salah son watkins possibly even trent at the back wouldn't be the worst shout ever um but i think most likely Ooh. most likely out of all of them would probably be salah or watkins as it stands i really fancy that burnley fixture for watkins and my gut is maybe whispering to me that if i'm playing the fixture that would be the play especially when he's only returned one in five i don't think the crowd will go that way so i think that that's one of those sort of marginal uh, calculated gambles that I, I quite like to take so i quite i do quite like the look of that obviously it sounds yep. like you might as well that's where, I, that's where um, it's at the moment yeah yeah so I'll, I'll see how i feel i'll crunch the numbers a bit more tomorrow um salah would be the other one son i i was warmer on it when i first when the game first loaded but i'm going off of it a little bit now especially considering bournemouth's form um, but yeah, uh, overall, it does look good on paper. There's a, a few moves I could make. Um, one would be in the back line to remove Lascelles to bring in um, Gabriel, for instance, or maybe Gusto uh, at Chelsea. But I don't think I think that's forcing a move when I don't really need to make one there. Uh, Gordon in the midfield could go, and I could look at maybe Garnacho or Bowen as well. But again, that kind of locks me into a hit next week. And then up front, like I mentioned, I could look at moving Archer on for Solanke and switch to a 3-4-3. Overall, though, with all of those things considered, I think as it stands, the most likely move is just to roll it. And then I can do the Haaland switcheroo next week for free. If I cool. need to. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Well, that is WGTA for 2023, Sam. It's been a good half year. Um, I'm very glad. Um, I should get that way now. I'm very glad that I got you on board. It's been it's been really 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 uh, fun to pop with you. Reinvigorated my love of FPL. Not that not that Lucy destroyed my love of FPL. Um, but it's definitely been you know a lot more. Uh, even though it's been quite. A, I've been a bit uh, depressed this week. Uh, obviously in the context of FPL, it's not real life. Um, but yes, it's always, always always good to speak to you, and it always kind of makes me feel a bit more kind of optimistic about next week. <laughs> so yes, uh, thank you very much for your time in the first half of the season. Hopefully you're not making plans to disappear at the end of the season or and i'm not sharpening the, sh the axe quite yet and um, we'll see how it goes over the course of the second half of the season but happy new year to you and you thank you very much and yeah one of my highlights has genuinely been being invited on this show so fa thank you so much for having me on 2023 has been a blast hopefully 2024 will be full of green arrows and many many more podcasts with you and hopefully for all of you you'll tune in along with us in the new year in the meantime thank you all so much for listening we were who got the assist. As always, you can find us on X at WGTA underscore FPL. And you can find me over there at FPL Pricey. On Instagram and threads as well, it's WGTA.FPL. Again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. If you could uh, follow us on those socials, if you enjoyed today's pod, that would be fantastic. But also, if you could give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And of course, if you've tuned in today, whether it be live or running it back tomorrow morning, then if you're watching on YouTube, if you could leave a like and subscribe to the channel, that would be greatly appreciated. In the meantime, though, a very happy new year from me.
Yep, thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year to you all. We hope you enjoyed the pod. We hope we assisted you in 2023. We're back again on, I think it's Tuesday, the 2nd of January. Speak then, enjoy the weekend, and enjoy New Year's Eve, etc., etc. Ciao for now. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Podcast Network.